Welcome to Indie and Unsigned, a presentation of Zagnif Productions, LLC. Broadcasting live from beautiful Zagnif Studios in the heart of Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, it is time for this week's episode of Indie and Unsigned, where we bring you tales of the independent entertainer on their way to the big time. Remember who you're listening to today, because you may see them on the big screen or hear them on the radio tomorrow. Hosted by yours truly, the legend in his own mind, the man, the myth, the mad karaoke DJ, Mr. Fingers. And without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. Indie and Unsigned. Good afternoon, ladies, gentlemen, boys, and girls. It is a beautiful spring Saturday all over the world. I'm making that up. I don't know what it's like all over the rest of the world. But I am uh, I am exceptionally excited today because I have with me today the cast of one of the funniest movies I have ever seen in my soon-to-be 51 years of existence. It was uh, released right in the metro dc area where i was living at the time the title of the movie is called boxing day and today i have the cast of boxing day joining me ladies and gentlemen how are you all doing today good Wonder- wonderful good, good. so so i would here's what oh, oh my we've got family action going on back there <laughs> so i'm gonna have each of you introduce yourselves uh i think um would Jim would just I don't know if you all can see each other in the same order I can see you Jim will just start with you and have you go from there go ahead and introduce yourself yeah hi I'm Jim Murphy I play the uh, the dad in Boxing Day Dr. Martin Town and it's important that you use the doctor <laughs> dad you're a podiatrist yes I was going to say that it's, it's still a doctor okay want to be clear for the want to be clear for the record it's still a doctor just saying. Don't be shy. Oh, I'm Vicki Hartford, and I play begrudgingly um, Jim's wife, Beverly. And um, I could say I've known Jim for a long time, and he's never changed. And he is a podiatrist, not an MD. And actually, he's a veterinarian in real life. Um, next. Thank you, Mom. <laughs> well, those are my parents. Jim and Vicki played my parents. Uh, my name is Bridget Devon Burke. I played Emmy Town in the movie. Um, I am Jenna St. John. I play Grace Town, and Jim is not my father. Um, we just had it's a very important. It. You heard that here. Our, our first Maury Povich moment on Indian Unsigned. <laughs> spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I can tell you, I never quite got over that. <laughs> and uh, I'm Demetrius Parker. Uh, most people call me D or Face. Uh, and I play Daryl in the movie. I play uh, Indy's husband. And... Uh, yeah, these fine folks become my my uh, my in laws. <laughs> <laughs> you, you say Not that like so you, fast. You, you say that like you have a problem with it, sir. Uh, yeah. So you know, it was just an interesting experience the first time we all met. Oh, was it ever? Uh, boy, I I'm sorry, folks. If you're watching this right now, number one, welcome to today's edition of Indian Unsigned, season two, episode six. I am your host, Anthony Handy, a.k.a. Mr. Fingers, the Mad Karaoke DJ. Thank you so much for joining us. This movie, I'm just going to go ahead and get this out here right now. Um, Everybody has a list of top ten movies. Everybody. I don't care whether it's in your head or you've discussed it with people. And uh, as I was telling Jenna before everybody else joined, um, 
Boxing Day is my second favorite comedy in my top ten list because I've only got three. And the only movie that ranks as far as comedies ahead of Boxing Day is Coming to America. So you, you that is for me. And, and that's not me blowing smoke up your backside. I think it is an absolutely phenomenal movie. And I am honored beyond words to have you join little old me on this podcast today. So thank you for being a part of this. And my very first question is, who's, whose idea what, whose idea was this to film this movie? I overheard some chatter before we came on. So, Jim, I think you were the one talking about that. I'm going to let you go ahead and, mm-hmm. and, and expound on that. Yeah, well, I met Francis Abbey, who was the writer-director for Boxing Day, um, when he was working at College Park, and um, we met through other ways. And um, we had gotten together for lunch, and then we came back to my house here in Bowie, and uh, he was telling me about you know, the screenplay that he was, I think, either had already written or was in the process of writing. And it was just going to be sort of a modern reimagining of uh, the Sidney Poitier film, um, Jesse's Coming to Dinner, Spencer Tracy, you know, back in, I think, the late 60s. So you just want to kind of update that, you know, what, what would that be like in, um, you know, in sort of the modern, what was then the uh, current time. Um, and we were just sitting around, and I think he just started looking around my house and thinking, okay, you know, I could put the camera here, and we could do this scene here, and this would work. <laughs> We just, and I guess this is how creative people work. You know, he saw my, my house as a film set and I was up for it, you know, uh, so with my wife Bernadette and we were like, sure, you know, Francis is a great guy. Anyone who knows him just loves him. Um, kind of bummed that he, that he wasn't able to be here with us today because it really is his baby boxing day. Um, and we said, sure. And, you know, he put the cast together. I didn't know any of these crazy people at the time. Um, although, no, I knew Vicky. Yes, I, I knew Vicky from, uh, we did some community, yeah, I'm sorry. We, we, we had, okay. <laughs> so I knew, I knew you Vicky. asked me to be in the movie, Jim, exactly. so I don't know that's, if you knew me, but. That, that's where I was going with that, right. I knew Vicky from community theater, and I had suggested Vicky to Francis. I said, hey, I know, I know this woman who would be really, really great in the thing, and she's a great actress, and funny, and photogenic. And so, yeah, that's how that happened, actually. And then I think, um, you know, uh, Francis knew everyone else, and we just, he put the script together, and I am still amazed that the movie came out so well for, I think, $2,000 and two weekends. What? Two Friday, Saturday, Sundays, two three-day weekends back-to-back, um, and that was it. And, you know, for a shoestring budget. Uh, and it was just one of the most fun experiences in my life, actually. We laughed, and oh, the outtakes were funny, and just the, it was wonderful, wonderful experience. Wonderful experience. 2000 you're telling me it took 2000 you filmed all that with $2000 well all of us everything everybody worked for free everybody yeah. you know who knew francis huh. was, not yeah none of us were paid um I mean, so, that was that so yeah yeah so it was just basically um supplies and film i guess and and pizza and you know trail mix things like that drinks chinese um, food to pretend to be african food but it was very spicy okay? it, was. it was very spicy okay and uh daryl can, uh, can can attest to that and that the chinese food was from mr hong's place right <laughs> yeah, of course yeah, exactly. of course keep it in the family you had to mention that name calm down calm down where's the hey uh, daryl where's the pipe we need the pipe 
Just, just don't get the fear. <laughs> See, this is what I'm talking about. This is you all obviously had, I could tell from watching the movie, you had great chemistry together. You watch a lot of comedies, and sometimes it seems forced, and then you find out afterwards that the cast members couldn't stand each other. But it seemed like you all had great chemistry, and the the, bloop, the bloopers were hilarious. Mr. Parker, I'm going to go ahead and call you out, because uh, you probably had the two most memorable bloopers out of the whole shebang, the one where Grace took you down in the hallway. <laughs> and y'all had to film that one like three or four times, and then the other one that you had with Danny where you were going through the, the handshake and then Danny kind of gave you the blue moon at the end there. <laughs> I, and you have to explain that to me. Why, I, why was that? Why was that? I mean, you seem like, it seemed like that was some kind of, there's some kind of joke behind that. And you were like, every damn time he got me, he got me. Like, what was that all about? Yeah. So, you know, when you're doing, you know, you're doing film, you're always trying to stay in character. And, uh, so the whole thing is, you know, in this comedy, I'm playing the straight, you know, I'm playing the straight man. And so it's like, all right, I'm, I'm not doing, and I'm trying to stay serious. And every time Danny would do, he would change it up and do something else that would make me break character. And that was his goal. He's like, I'm going to make you break character. And I was seeing, so I'm like, no, you're not. I'm a professional. You're not making me break character. And he made me break character. <laughs> Well, Even when he didn't, it was fun to watch him try. <laughs> so how 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 much of this, how much of the movie, there were certain scenes that made the final cut where I could tell that you all were kind of barely holding it together. I don't know how you managed to hold it together filming this movie. Just like how how much of how much of there that was there in the film. As far as what, as breaking character or uh, just trying to hold it together while you got while you're while you're legit doing the filming a scene. You know, I mean, if so you listen to the lines. It. Listening to Jim, like it's just, it, it was so funny to hear some of the things in the way that he would say it, or you know, I, I almost had tears in my eyes every time just trying to keep it together and luckily I had glasses on so you couldn't see that I was starting to water up from hearing Jim's delivery on something or who's going to hit Demetrius next you know <laughs> it was hard because I feel like Emmy had like such a scowl the entire time and was kind of a bitch <laughs> like, <laughs> Can't like, blame so frustrated at her family and so angry the whole time and it's like so hard not to laugh at everybody else being so irreverent <laughs> the, scenes, the scenes with Danny were especially difficult, you know. I mean, and and I, yeah, I was able to be more of an observer kind of thing, you know. But I mean, it was so hard, I think, to stay in character if you were acting against Danny, because between the silk kimono or the orange jumpsuit and the, the, you know the wild hair, the scruffy beard, the you know just got out of prison, you know, not real bright, you know, the dinner scene, his crazy schemes. I mean, it was just, you know, Eddie was so good and so funny in that. Uh, I wish he could have joined us today. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was hard, I think, for the folks who had to go up, you know, who had to act a scene with him and try to be the straight guy kind of thing. It was just, you know, it was just hysterical. Especially because you never know what was going to come out of his mouth. Like, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because he, he didn't always stick to the script. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask that question. Did he wing a lot of his lines? He, he went Tim Conway on us some of the time. Oh, yeah. Conway. That's a heck of a reference because I, 
we we are all old enough to remember the Carol Burnett show and yeah. watching them all completely losing it on camera. I'm uh, sorry, who? <laughs> okay. Oh, nice all try, right baby. Then. Nice try, baby. All right then. Uh, but, but I think Fra you know Francis encouraged that actually. He said, you know, like read the script. You know, you know that's that's the general direction where we're going and the points I want you to make and the beats I want you to make. But don't be beholden to the script either. You know, if you deviate a word or so, and as often as the case, I think in a lot of movies, um, you know, the actors contribute a lot themselves, and they bring other things to it. Hey, what about this? What about that? And Francis is such a you know, a great guy to work with. You know, he was open to all that. So, and and yeah. now the Dawson's Creek thing, Jenna, was that <laughs> did, was was that in the script, or did you just or did they just uh, say just it was, go? I think I think in the script it was like in an action line. It was like Dawson's Creek rant. Um, yeah, and when I came in, I and I might remember this totally differently, but I recall Francis telling me, like, this is improv, like, improvise. I wrote a script, but you know, like, that's a blueprint. And I come in for the table read, and it's like my this is like my first feature film ever. And I was like, okay, so I'm gonna have to try to improv and be witty and funny. And like, people had their lines memorized. <laughs> Like, oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, um, I think you had, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, Jen, I think you had told that to Francis once, just casually, just off the cuff, and you had gone into the full, you know, the full 100% rant kind of thing, and I think he loved it, and I think it was just like, you know, hey, if you can recapture that again, you know, yeah, if can, yeah, if you can do that again, it'd be great. So that's, I think that was the, the genesis of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Jenna is obsessed with Dawson's Creek. Let's fit it into the movie somehow. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. I remember being clueless. I had no idea. I didn't watch Dawson's Creek. I had no idea about that at all. Yeah, yeah I like I, I loved I loved every character and you all talked about talked about Danny and his improvisational steam sealing uh, abilities. But Grace meeting Daryl and commenting but I thought I thought you were gonna maybe go Tiger Woods black. I thought, whoa, really progressive, but he's kinda like Wesley Snipes black. And that 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 rung that rang very personally with me because I've always been, you know, I've i I'm in an interracial interracial marriage demographic and I've always been the darkest of my friends in the group, as Mr. Parker can attest to. Uh, I mean, I've had people say things to me like, for example, my 10-year-old son, my son, my 23-year-old, who at the time was 10, once told me that I was so dark that every time I get out of my car, my oil light comes on. So <laughs> that is a true story. <laughs> it's it's a true story. Are you okay, Bridget? Yes, I don't even understand that. I'm thinking that's, that's pretty advanced for a 10-year-old. Yes. So I so it 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 rang it I was like oh dagger but that's funny as hell like Wesley Snipes okay I got you and then the scene with you and Demetrius in the hallway where you were attacking him and he's like you'll love it yeah men have been known to go blind <laughs> one of, one of my favorite scenes with Vicky is in the foyer and it's just a few feet here to my right. Where you know she's talking to Bridget and, or Emmy, and she's fixing her hair, and so nice to see you, and it'd be nice if you came around more, and you know the typical mother-daughter drama, and then all of a sudden D shows up with the Christmas gifts, and it's like, 
faux boar. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> it's, it still makes me laugh. And um, I apologize if you have to uh, delete the uh, or bloop out the, the whoa, 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 whoa. I told you, we are on the internet. We are not being governed by okay, FCC okay. regulations. We're, we're fine. I'm not going to, Lauren Michaels is not going to call me tomorrow. I, I cannot watch that or even think about it without cracking up because it, it's just you know, it really set the tone for the 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 rest of the movie from there. This <laughs> was yeah, the catapult, yeah, yeah. the the roller coaster leaving the station at that moment. Yeah, yeah. My my, well, I don't even know how old my son was at the time. I think he was like ten or eleven, but he has been into film and is now since graduated college and as a film major. He remembers that line. He's like, I don't know if I thought the film was that funny or if I just thought it was so funny that you said fuck. <laughs> and <I was> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it speaks, yes, speak, speaking of, um, end of the movie. Uh, <laughs> but like the, the way that you delivered that line at the end is like, I'm going to get get a hotel, get shit-faced, and sing, sing my little ass off. And then just add it just as a casual, as a casual throw in and fuck a stranger. <laughs> I think that I think that was another improv line, if I'm if I remember correctly, or was that in the? I don't even know. I'm so old, I can't remember if it was an improv line. <laughs> I think it was. It was. Yeah, one of one of the funniest outtakes I thought too was from that scene. We filmed that um, right outside the house in the walkway, yep. and it was filmed at night. Um, and we had to make sure, you know, passing cars and, you know, background noise and stuff like that. So it was multiple takes. And enough, funny, lighting, enough lighting for D. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Vicky had a, a scrunchie in her hair. Uh, you know, she, you, I think you wore your hair a little bit differently back then. It was 10 years ago. But she had this scrunchie. And at some point, I think, um, you know, the scrunchie, taking the scrunchie out and kind of just do, doing this with your hair. Yeah. It was sort of symbolic of the new you, the, the new looser you and all the things that you just enumerated that you were going to do. But on one of the takes, you couldn't get the scrunchie out. I just remember laughing my ass off. <laughs> well, can I say something about lighting? Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, talk about indie movies. Uh, yes, the majority of the movie was shot over, I guess, two weekends, but Dee and I had done some uh, sort of not really B-roll shot, some B-roll stuff. We went to the National Christmas Tree, and then we shot the stuff in the cafe, if you remember that. Um, yep. And there wasn't a lot of direction to go on, so it was basically, you know, kind of show up and shoot. So I just picked an outfit. Like, I didn't realize that what I was going to wear that day was what I was going to need to wear for the entire movie shoot. So <laughs> I chose, I chose a black sweater and gray pants, and I'm kind of like, a Casper among this cast, and then for D, what did you wear? Like a white shirt or something? I you, had a, you had on a black sweater, didn't you? I had a black sweater. Well, I, black sweater. I, I was on, just Doc. me then. I was just me that ruined everything. The lighting people were like, "We can't light you. <laughs> You're wearing this black shirt, and you're paler than pale next to D. Like, why did you wear this?" And I was like, "I don't know. Nobody told me what to do." <laughs> and I still feel bad about that today. Our poor lighting people. <laughs> In retrospect, that makes sense why you had light D in all of you. Like, they made sure you had light. It's like, oh, man, he wore all black. Ooh. All right. Just gonna film. Everything's going to be well lit. So we're going to have you at the dining room table. We're going to have upstairs with the bedroom well lit. There's going to be, you know, it's. Yeah. No, it's. Honestly, I, I would say not only did Francis do a really good job with the directing and the writing, but 
the whole technical crew, just the lighting, because I've been in multiple um, feature films, and that's usually one of the things. Typically, I'm the one of the darkest people in the film, and them trying to like light, you know, lighting for me, and the fact that <laughs> Emmy and I together, and <laughs> the challenge of her being so bright and me being so dark, and the fact that they were able to get that lighting <laughs> to me was awesome. Awesome. Oh man, even the camera was like, "Man, I quit. Y'all didn't tell me. I, had to, I gotta do this. I, 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 I'm not. I'm not even getting paid for. Not even union scale. Look at look at the two of them. I can't think which one I'm supposed to focus on. Okay. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm back. Hi. Uh, <laughs> um, what? And you know, the technical crew—they were all volunteer too. I mean, and Francis had different people come in at different times. Actually, um, you know, some for first weekend and some couldn't make the second weekend. But you know, everybody who worked on it, even behind the camera, were all there. You know, just to support Francis really, and to, to you know support the dream of making the movie. So, if I'm understanding this correctly, this was aside, Jim, from you and Vicky. This is the first time you all worked together on a project. Yeah, Vicky uh, and I had done some some live theater together, community theater. Um, but yeah, the first time I met um, Jenna, Bridget, Demetrius, and Dave. Jenna and I had worked before on a short film. Um, yeah, but I said me, Bridget, me, Bridget, and Jenna actually. That's right. We did too. We, yeah. Oh, we did, did some, we? We did. Oh, I remember oh. Cannibal. Cannibal yeah. and Demetrius and I did a 48 hour film festival. I think yeah, we did a 48 hour film festival. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so. so I actually know you're right, Jenna. You and I haven't worked, we hadn't worked together yet. No, no right, right. After, no. Yeah. Afterwards, we did a lot of work together, but before that. Right. <laughs> so I, I have another question for Mr. Parker. You know, you uh, of all of you, I go the farthest back with Mr. Parker. I had to put you on spot again. Have Have you, uh, any of your, your cat, your uh, cast? Your your co members uh, cast member. Wow, I cannot talk today. Have you ha- have any of the rest of the cast uh, had an opportunity to see you in any of the dinner theater that you used to do? Oh, I don't think so. No. Oh no, we haven't. No, no. 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 Oh, God. <laughs> you know, though, especially no, I... if there's dancing involved. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, Mr. Parker likes to party all the time. That's a different story. Anyway, uh, oh, <laughs> no. I I got a little glimpse of his cabaret show in uh, the second movie that Francis made. You know, Demetrius and I are in the second movie that uh, um, Francis made. Six oh, I'm about I'm yeah. about halfway through. We're that all movie. in that movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we are all. In that movie. Yeah, yeah. Vicky's not. I, I, it's not Vicky. It's Vicky. I, 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 you were I, gone. You I think you were in Rome. Yeah, I think you were in Rome. Yeah. She went to a different country. Yeah. I've been, I'm about halfway through that one, and I'm I'm in stitches. Just the the meeting of everyone together in the first scene when Danny comes in and explains that there's only 17 men left in the country because of now, now it's the official, the official greeting with men and women is a handshake. Yeah. <laughs> so that was hilarious. But Mr. Parker, you know, the story that I'm alluding to, uh, if you don't, let me refresh your memory. We have a friend in common uh, and you asked him to be part of the show. He works in law enforcement. Oh, and yes. Yes, I, I, I would like. I, I would love for you to share that story with everyone because it's. I, I love telling it. <laughs> or do you want me to tell it? You, you, I'll let you tell it. I'll well, did, tell it. long and short is this is a murder. This is a murder mystery. We have a we have a mutual friend that uh, Mr. Parker was stationed with. If I'm not mistaken, y'all were stationed together, and yeah. he asked him to be part of this dinner theater and play the part of a policeman. So you know, because of course, that should follow naturally because that's what he did for a living. And there was a scene where the cop was required to pull his weapon 
on Mr. Parker and say, stop right there or something like that. A simple line. I think that was his only line, if I'm not mistaken. But he had to pull his gun. And he pulled the gun. And and he said, and as he tells the story, he said, he said, D looked at him and went, he kind of looked at him sideways, stayed in, <laughs> stayed in character. They seen the scene ended and they went to intermission or whatever. And he pulls into the side. He's, hey man, come here, come here. Did you pull your real fucking gun on me? <laughs> 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 so 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 did did that really happen, man? Uh yeah, no, that really happened. Yeah, no, we were. <laughs> so the improv murder mystery. He plays it. He's playing the detective, and because it's his first show, he's playing the assistant detective. And, and uh, bad guy, and uh, I go to make a move, and he pulls his gun, and sure enough, I'm. <laughs> I look at it, and I'm like, hold up, that's a real weapon. That is not. That is not a prop. <laughs> Scary. The of live theater. <laughs> I hope it wasn't loaded. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I, he's, he's he's definitely professional that way, but I, I think he thought, you know what? I'll make sure that it looks real. Um, <laughs> <laughs> trying to just trying to add some realism to the scene. You know what I mean? That's, exactly. that's how he talks. That's how he talks. Those of you just joining us, ladies and gentlemen, those of you just joining us, if you have you have missed a good 20 minutes already, we are almost halfway into this interview with the cast of the independent movie, Boxing Day. Absolutely phenomenal movie. If you have not seen it, we'll get into where to get it yet. If you haven't seen it, you need to check it out. If you're in the chat, uh, let us know that you're here. We might take some questions from the audience that is watching, and we actually do have a few people watching today. So if you got some questions, shoot them in the chat. I'm monitoring the chat right over here on my trusty little, you know, piece of crap phone. So uh, yeah, send us uh, send us some messages or just at least say hello. Let us know that you're here. Give us a like and definitely share it to your news feed and let, let your folks know that we got the stars right here. So we're back. Uh, so I, I so what was probably, I mean, you mentioned that this is an independent film, but filming in your home, we did it over two weekends. What were some of the other challenges that you all faced as far as, because it seemed like you wouldn't know from looking at the movie that you did it over two weekends. So what were some of the challenges that you faced? I'd probably say the first the challenge. The first challenge was probably <laughs> what Bridget brought up was uh, filming, filming at the National, uh, the National Christmas Tree because uh, we didn't have a license. <laughs> And you try, and we're trying. That would cost money. <laughs> exactly, because licenses cost money, and so you're trying to shoot at the National Christmas Tree, you know, where we didn't have anything blocked off, and trying not to get people's faces, but at the same time get our faces, and yeah. We were just a happy couple shooting some footage of us at the tree <laughs> for your wedding. Yeah. Well, actually, no, because we remember the 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 the. Uh, the police came over, the Secret Service came over, and they were like, so what are you doing with the camera? And we had to explain. And so luckily, I guess I blocked that out. I don't remember. Yeah, no, I, didn't, I didn't block that out. I, I don't block out anything with police. Testify, brother. Testify. We were filming, I guess, um, 
and I'm going to screw up the terminology, day for night or night for day or something, but we had to put black heavy plastic on oh, the yes. windows. Yep. Oh, yeah. So at the end of the first weekend, you know, rather than take it all down and have to retape it the following weekend, Francis and I agreed right. that we would just leave it up. But I tell you, if you ever live in a house where every window on your main floor is blacked out with heavy, hefty, you know, hefty garbage bags, it gets to be depressing after about five days because you don't you, ha you don't have any natural light coming in. It you start to go a little stir crazy, and it was like, okay, we got to leave it up for the next weekend, you know, rather than go through it all again. But uh, you know, that was a, a minor challenge. It was really disorienting. I remember filming. I think I was like eating mozzarella sticks or something with Danny, and we we're like. What time is it? It's like 10 p.m. at least. Um, and we looked at the clock. It's like noon. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man. That's one of my favorite scenes, actually, is in the basement. You know, when the, my character goes downstairs to find out what's going on in the basement and you guys are getting high. Uh -huh. um, you know, and then, you know, Martin tries it, of course, you know. Um, but that whole, you know, that whole cluster of scenes there where, you know, that, that leads into the Dawson's Creek thing and, and then right. you asked me, you know, you asked me about the nature of your ass. And, you know, I remember Dee's line is, don't let anybody tell you that that's a fine ass. Don't let anybody tell <laughs> you. Nobody disrespect the ass. You got a great ass. <laughs> you got a great ass. <laughs> I think that was improv. I don't, I don't, rem I don't, I that have improv. a in the basement, but I'm not, I think it was improv. That was, was improv. It? Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> and then Jenna's like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> And actually, we had to find something that the, that we could try smoking. Actually, something that would actually—I think it was like vanilla tobacco or something. You know, I mean, it wasn't real pot. You know? That's what they told you, Jim, because it was your house. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna—I was going to get to that question because I, I, I Mr. Parker, I know is uh, one of the few people I know that does not partake in tobacco or alcohol or <laughs> anything. Right. But you seem to play the part of a pot smoker very well, sir. <laughs> Just, he's a consummate professional <laughs> research research and, and an instructor spend, uh, right and, and get, telling people how to smoke it too to spend a little yeah. time down in the southeast Doing <laughs> method acting. I'm just kidding. Hey, I, I'm, I can't. Remember, I'm, I'm from DC proper. Um, so <laughs> I, you know, one, of the, one of the things I find fascinating is um as, as Vicky mentioned, I'm a veterinarian, so I work with, um, you know, we've been open since the pandemic, since March, in fact, busier than ever, actually, uh, doing curbside service. But um, all my coworkers, uh, many of them probably in their 20s, um, uh, and a lot of them, you know, African-American, um, do not know about the movie. Um, I never mentioned it. And I, I've, I've often thought, like, okay, what would they think if they saw this movie? Yeah, because the veterinarians have, um, you know, I guess uh, the, the stereotypical typical images of, uh, you know, a medical professional or, you know, animal lover or whatever it may be. Um, certainly not the character in Boxing Day. Uh, but I wonder even like 10 years out, you know, how would, you know, younger people, whatever, you know, folks in their early to mid 20s, or even late 20s, how they would view the movie, you know, because um, the country has changed a lot in 10 years. Um, and you know what? What would the take be? You know, what humor. Would, humor has changed a lot, and what yeah. is like acceptable humor? But would with it be considered funny? And things like that. Yeah, would it be funny, or would it be irreverent, or would it be inappropriate? You know, I, yeah, I don't know. I, and that I, has gone through my head. Like, you know, gosh, should I share this with my coworkers, or should I shield them from it? 
I tend to think that it would still translate to some degree because a lot of the issues that I think of Boxing Day as being a little ahead of its time. Um, there I go with that word again. I, th I think of it as ahead of its time because even though the, the a lot of the social issues that we face now are are uh, have existed to some degree, they've been bought they've been brought to the forefront now with events, especially with events that have happened over the course of the last two or three years. So I think that I think it would I think it would still be relatable. I mean, you know, as I mentioned, I've my my wife and I are in that very same marital demographic. And we went home. Actually, it was kind of like Boxing Day. The first time we went, uh, the first time we went to visit her family. Her her family lives right outside of. I'm not gonna give away where her family's from. Her family lives in the country somewhere. And we went to visit her family for the first time. And it was a large family gathering. It wasn't just her immediate family because I, I I hit it off pretty well with her sisters and her parents and everything, and the nieces and nephews. But it was a large family gathering. And everybody, I could just feel, I was the only one in the room, in a room of about 50 or 60 people, and I could just feel the eyes. And people were going out of their way to come over. It's like, oh, I was just going by the punch bowl. I just thought I'd come by and say hi. Oh, you must be your husband. It's so nice to meet you. You know what I mean? So I, I know that feeling. So I think it would still be a very relatable film, in this, especially in 2021. Plus that. Anthony, based on that, what do you think is either your favorite moment in the movie or your favorite joke or something that I guess you found the funniest because you could relate to it the most or, or, or what? The, the, the two, uh, specifically the one that I mentioned where Jenna talked about being Wesley Snipes black, <laughs> um, and the scene with, uh, with, with you and Vicky where they were discussing the whole, because my wife hides nothing from me, and so she, <laughs> she tells me some. She tells me some of the discussions that not all of them, I'm sure, but she hides very, very little. If she, I doubt she hides anything from me. But she, we, we've had conversations about the questions that she has been asked from some of her colleagues who are not so inclined to to uh, to take a trip to Mother Africa, as it were. So. <laughs> You know, and, and you know, there've been there've been people. I used to I used to be a karaoke host, and we'd be in the bar, and they'd been she'd be sitting in the bar watching me work, and they'd be like, "Oh, that's your man over there," and they'd, they'd be like, mm -hmm, "Girl, go ahead," you know what I mean? So, no, the, very, very, the <laughs> it, we watched. It was hilarious to us just because we we lived it. It, it. We we literally lived it. It wasn't quite to that degree. My father-in-law. Uh, didn't try to, uh, didn't come out wearing a dashiki or anything like that, but. Uh, a darshiki, right? A darshiki, a darshiki, a, a darshiki <laughs> yeah. Gen genuine darshiki. Oh, genuine, huh? Genuine. Uh, my the beads, my... I got, uh, the beads were what, uh, what country were the beads from? I forget now, but yeah, the, the character says, you know, I think Demetrius points out like, yeah, they're not, they're not African. And then I said, yeah, but the guy I bought them from was one. <laughs> <laughs> That was Adlib, actually. I think that was. Was that? I think, I think that came. I think that came from you trying to find props that would work for the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know that. I know the um, the kimono that you guys mentioned was my grandmother's. That my my cousin who worked uh, in the navy overseas sent 
as a gift one time and there's like there's a coconut monkey in the basement scene that belongs to my roommate that looked vaguely african so we threw that in there and i think that's where the bead thing came from it's just like well they're not african but whatever we'll make it work yeah, they're not african, but the guy i bought them from was black i think the dashiki was um frank um frank abby uh francis's dad i think i think the shirt yeah. yeah yeah you I, look, I was looking for. It. I was going to wear it today, um, but I don't. I don't have it anymore. I went back to Francis because it's not yours. <laughs> That's why I couldn't find it. May, may I just say, for the record, Bridget, you almost made me spit water over everything. <laughs> it's, it's coconut monkey. I don't know why that was so hilarious to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah another one of my scenes with Jenna that I always liked when I watched the movie is, um, you know, that kind of dark, mysterious point where she's down the hallway. And she just seems to fade into the bedroom, you know. She's doing the ring girl, she, the ring girl like she, thing. Right. Yeah, the whole goth, the, the dark makeup, and all that, and just glides right into the basement. It's creepy, actually, <laughs> you know, but it's it's it sets a good a good tone. I so since we're talking scenes, I everybody everybody here, I know I think it's a consensus. You probably all have one favorite scene, but everybody give me your favorite your favorite moment from working the film. I, I'm sure there were multiple, but everybody's got to have a favorite. And just for the record, my wife is watching and she made sure that she put in the comment section, I do not hide anything, babe. Just let you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'll go first. Um, I have many favorite moments, but there is one thing that over the years, one line that I always go back to and there is absolutely no reason for it. And I've said it, I don't know, a hundred times over my lifetime is we have maps is that scene when Danny comes out and he's like trying to find some place. And it was like, you know, where do we keep the maps? And Emmy's just like, we have maps. And for whatever reason, I just, that line always makes me laugh. And I don't, I guess maybe it's because like, that's such a normal thing for a family to have. And her family, like she just thinks her family is so not normal that like why we would have actual maps in the house. Like, why, and we then ha we, we have tell food? them to, you know, yeah, exactly. Like we have food here. Like we have maps in the house. And somebody says, you know, oh, you know, Google maps. And he's like, pretends like he knows what he's talking about. He's like, yeah, right. Google, ma googly maps. And then he kind of walks off. But I mean, to this day for 10 years, sometimes I just say like, we have maps and yeah. it's not even like a really strong, funny moment in the movie, but it's always stuck with me. <laughs> I think one of my favorite scenes when I, when I do watch the film again is between Danny and Demetrius um, when they're on the, uh, like the love seat kind of thing, you know, or a little bench in the, in the family room. And, uh, the whole 60 acres and a mule and you know, you know like whole, he's like you know what what is it about mules you know do you you know do you even use them anymore you know and it's this whole thing about you know trying to understand each other you know and it's just it just plays so so funny so funny how many times did you all let me jump in here for a second how many times did you all have to shoot that scene d because i know he i know he went at you hard trying to get you to break character during that scene yeah, I can't remember. It was it was multiple times. That yeah. was a multiple time scene. Um, I cannot remember how many times though. But yeah, I mean that was his goal again. Probably at least five. Yeah, at least, at least. five or six or seven. Yeah. yeah. It was so fun to watch though, because you weren't all the background, and we're dying. Right? Uh -huh. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> 
So he's not only to deal with Danny, he has to deal with all of us, like trying to lose it. And I think Francis at some point was actually getting a little like, knock it off, God. He's getting annoyed. Get out of the room, go somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, I would laugh at Danny before he even, be, you know, opened his mouth. You know, I mean, just, just you know, walk he didn't even speak a line, and I would be laughing. <laughs> Watching his first introduction catapulting over the porch in the uh, orange jumpsuit yeah, always remains yeah. to be one of my favorite visuals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's filmed through the um, through the side doors on the patio, you yes. know, so you see him from from a, from a distance. Yeah. The best. Yeah. And 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 Vicky, your your scene where you you're like. I had to run in the store and get some things, and then you come back with the. I think it was a was it an Obama T-shirt? Mm -hmm. no, <laughs> that was and, not. That was that was yeah yes it was an Obama yep. T-shirt. Afro sheen. The, and the Afro <laughs> sheen <laughs> and everything. Black, like black Sabbath, black crows. <laughs> yeah, every CD had black. I forgot about that. Remember that? <laughs> no, I remember. I'm like black Sabbath. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> And then, uh, I mean, th again, too many scenes to mention, but uh, 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 Bev and Emmy are outside. And th this clip, I actually put a piece of it in the promo. They're outside talking, and then you hear this crash, and you both go running into the kitchen, and 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 Jim says, "I got him!" Like he was out hunting, and he just, <laughs> like he was out, like he was out hunting, and he just bagged an eighteen-point buck. I got him! I got him. <laughs> he was way too excited for somebody to just hit somebody in the back of the head with a golf You know, club. for so long, I keep thinking how Emmy is so uptight. She's been such a bitch. And then I like revisit some of these scenes in my mind, and I'm like, no, she was perfectly justified in all of her feelings. <laughs> yeah. Shortly after the yeah, shortly after the golf club scene, you know, one of my favorite scenes with Vicky is, you know, we're in the kitchen and, you know, and Martin is so, um, so, uh, so dense. You know, he says to Vicky, you know, he says, you know, he's black. And, you know, well, does she know he's black? <laughs> you yes. Know? And, you know, and then I think she says, you know, something about don't be a racist or whatever. And he says, I'm not a racist. You know, if I have two people, if I have a white person yes, and a black person, you know, I see them, you know, you know, unless the black person's old then I see the oldie first, you know, it's like my own little affirmative action program. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I love that scene. Uh, and, and I think to Anthony's point, that's one of those, that's one of those scenes that, still resonates today because when you talk to folks, you know, not to get too political, but when you talk to folks and they say, that's the first thing they say, I'm not a racist. I have a black friend, right? I play golf with mm -hmm. someone who's black or, you know, so yeah, I think, thinking of my funny scenes, I think, again, they're all funny. Um, trying in my head, honestly, the whole pot scene, because as you said, Anthony, I don't smoke. <laughs> <laughs> And so, trying yes. to think of how he can had, I make he, wait, wait, he had to make sure he had to make sure everybody knew. He looked in the camera. I don't smoke. <laughs> yeah, I work for the government, so you know. <laughs> I want this on record. <laughs> this is so. But no, seriously, it was. Uh, and then watching them, and then watching you know, Jim talking about the fear. <laughs> is this it? Is this the fear? I, I don't want to fear. Is this a fear? I don't want to get the fear. <laughs> the audio then, recording won't see your face. It was priceless. And then when he starts like really like getting into it, and then we can't take the pipe from him. It's like, it's like, it's like no, no, no. It's, it, give me the pipe, man. It's not your turn. It's like puff, puff, give, buddy. Um, 
and then uh, and then uh, going back to the scene with you and Jenna, where she's like, "You don't want to fuck me," <laughs> and and then you go into this long like you, you typical guy thing. You just start backtracking. It's like no, no, like under a different set of circumstances, <laughs> you're, you're hot and everything. But like if circumstances are different, I absolutely let. And then bam, she slams it to your face. <laughs> Because trying to be a gentleman is what you are. <laughs> he was also in his in law his future in law's home with his future bride. Right. <laughs> it was a little bit of a tough spot. Yeah, I, I I will neither confirm nor deny that maybe I'm not Mr. Parker. I'm not trying to throw him under the bus, but you know, I wasn't always married. That I might may or may not have used that line a time or two too. It's like, nah, girl, I'm not with nobody, but you know what I'm saying, like if things was different, <laughs> we um, can do that. Dad, mom, can I clarify that we did tell you later on in the movie that we had already eloped and we were married, which is still a bitch move on Emmy's part, but That's now right. I still <laughs> y'all I I have uh coming from I have coming from the chat and I was going to allude to this but I looked over and saw uh Mark Patterson, thank you for watching. Uh, Mark, uh, somebody want a pizza? Yes, <laughs> yeah, one of my favorite outtakes. Did somebody, somebody order, order a pizza? pizza from behind the couch? Uh, okay, so this is is this one of the crew members or something like that? Yes, yeah. yes, Mark is uh, on the crew. Today is his birthday. Happy birthday, Mark Patterson. Happy birthday, Mark. And yes, to this day, one of the best outtakes. Did somebody order a pizza? Yeah, after, <laughs> watching, after watching all of that, uh oh, there goes the microphone. After watching all of that, and then at the end, he just pops up from behind. Did somebody order a pizza? Yeah, we, we had a lot of pizza. We ate a lot of pizza. Yeah. <laughs> Those two weekends. $2,000 only goes so far. <laughs> you gotta buy the Chinese food. Yes, Rosemary, you do have to watch this movie again. This for me, this for me is an annual, it has become an annual tradition in my house. Um, I watch Coming to America every year on my birthday. And every December 26th, we break out Boxing Day and we watch Boxing Day. And 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 then Bridget gets the annual happy for oh for was that part of the script or did you just come up with that on your own? Like you, I forgot what the conversation was you were having. I'm pretty sure it was when you were having with Bev and you go, Oh for yeah, it was because you go, Oh for fuck's sake, mom. So that just became <laughs> I, I I hate to say it, but that's become the phrase I associate you with most. So that's, you get that, she gets a text every day, happy off day. And she, I, I look forward to it every year and it is one month to the day for, before my birthday and it's one day after Christmas. And I know that on that day, I'm going to hear from the great Anthony Handy. And I know that he's watching <laughs> Boxing Day and enjoying it. Absolutely. And, oh, a question I have for Vicky. You know, Vicky, you play a character who's much older than you really were at the time in real life. You know, I'm, you know, I'm older than you, and so I was more like older. She jumped on that quick. She jumped on that quick, didn't she? She was like much older. Yeah, you try to give her a little, you know, little. Not really, but yeah, this would happen good. Yeah, this is why we're divorced. But I mean, so how did you get into the role of Beverly? Because you know, you know, you were playing a mother of of Bridget. And it was really a stretch when you think about it, because age-wise, I'm not sure how old each of you are, but, you know, it, you would have had to have Bridget probably when you were, like, 12 or something. Yeah, I don't know. Bridget looks really young, though, so I will give her that. Um. I, I, de I declined to comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, did you channel, like, your own motherly experience or something, or? 
Um, I just tried to channel an annoying, <laughs> know-it-all, mother-in-law type personality that I, I actually don't have an annoying mother-in-law, but like that you would typically see. And, you know, just really try and be like, hmm, really? Hmm, hmm, hmm. Like that. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. Nailed it. Nailed it's it. for me, Jim, is what it was. So. <laughs> you, I, fun, fun fact. I, I don't, I, I told my wife when we watched the movie together the first time, because, uh, uh, D, I think I got my DVD from you. When we watched the movie together the first time, I was like, she, her, the way that her character is presented and made up, it was kind of Tina Fey plays Sarah, Tina Fey doing Sarah Palin if she lived in the suburbs of the DMV. <laughs> I think that's very accurate. I, go back and go back and watch it and tell me I'm lying. I was like, <laughs> it's true. Well, that's that's what you know. That's what makes her um, the reveal at the end with, with what she le when she leaves and what she says and what she does and the whole liber you know the liberation of the character, so to speak. You know, that's what makes it so rich at the end. Yes. <laughs> you, know, you, you play it so tight up front.
Yes, those of you still watching or just joining, welcome to season two, episode six of Indie and Unsigned. I am your host, Mr. Fingers, D-Mac, Karaoke DJ, here with the cast of Boxing Day. We've been having a blast talking about this movie, the, the behind the scenes, the how we came to do things, how they came to do things, the improvisation. The other question that I wanted to ask you was, what have you, now, I know, Mr. Parker, I know what you've been up to since then, and Bridget, I've been following you. I, I, I don't think I'm connected to any of the rest of you on social media. We're going to take care of that after this is over. Uh, <laughs> what have you all been up to since Boxing Day? I know, Jim, you said you're a veterinarian, so. Yeah, not not much acting-wise, to be honest with you. You know, we did Six Non-Smokers right after Boxing Day, uh, which was fun. Um, and, you know, a couple of shows I did, you know, just community theater. But then, then I got away from it, actually. Um, um, yeah, just been, been working veterinarian. I wrote a book, actually, um, on the Beach Boys um, that got published in uh, 2015. Um, so that, that was a personal kind of a project of mine and uh jim if, if, do i recall you were working on that when we were shooting the movie i think we were yeah I, we, yeah i was working on it when we were shooting it actually and it got published in 2015 so it's been out for five years i met all the beach boys um uh, it was kind of it was really really great actually the book um spurned uh the release of all the beach boys early recordings before they signed with Capitol records and became famous they had uh, nine songs over three recording sessions that were never totally released um, but the book actually kind of brought that about, actually. So I got to work, write the uh, liner notes for the CD. It was a two-CD package, uh, and they borrowed the title of the book. The book is called Becoming the Beach Boys. Actually, the title was uh, come up with uh, by Bernadette. Um, actually, she came up with the title, which was kind of cool. So anyway, the book, uh, and then working as a veterinarian full-time, and uh, and I'm work, writing on a, a, another book now. Actually, it's more of a novel. Um, and it's just about um, it's what I refer to as my dog story, um, based on a um, the kernel a kernel of truth based on a true story of uh, of a client of, of mine actually years ago, and this uh, black and white uh, border collie that he found on the side of the road, coming home from a red eye flight from Los Angeles, and how the dog changed his life. So, um, but anyway, the the book kind of jumps off from there. So I've been working on that actually. I just love to write actually. And I would say one thing, and then I'll we'll, we'll shut up because I have a tendency to talk too much. Is I hope Francis, um, you know, we've been talking about this for a while. And I think you have all probably talked about this with Francis at one point or another. And I know he's real busy now because, you know, his, his, his career and stuff like that. Um, but we really sh he really should look at uh, a sequel. He should look at the characters 10 years out, you know, and what has happened to them. Um, and if the schedules work, and I know, you know, we're spread out geographically now, but... Um, but it would be really, really fun to, to work on a sequel, you know, to do it again, just to kind of bring everybody back, maybe get some of the same crew, you know, and, you know, and just work on a sequel. I think yeah, I'll, I'll come back to DC for two weekends. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> two weekends. And actually, for, the, for those of you that are out of town, you know, you could probably even stay in the house, actually, upstairs in, um, in, in Jenna's bedroom. <laughs> you kicked her out, right? <laughs> yeah, well, we had, well, once I found out she wasn't really my daughter, you know, I, I, I sent her over to Mr. Hong. So, you know, but that could be that could be a cool thing to do, you know. So, of course, if we, you know, we got to get the uh, illustrious Mr. Abby on board. And so you gonna pull a coming to America and film a sequel, of Many Moons After, huh? Okay, sure. <laughs> why not? I'm here. Why not? I'm here for it. Yeah, I mean, I'm we all look it. good, you know, except for Vicky. We all look good. Oh. Oh. Shots oh. fired! Oh. Shots fired! I, Beverly, Beverly, I tease you. You know I love you. I know he's bitter because you left him. I know. How, how I can know. I not be? How can I not be? Yeah. 
So who was the uh, Beverly? Who was the lucky stranger? <laughs> what? what? Wait, there's only one. I think I think Beverly probably has a more convoluted story than that. That's gonna have to be told in the sequel. Picture Absolutely. Absolutely. Picture it, Alexandria, 2008. I guarantee you, face. She probably found him at the rocket grill. I can tell you that. <laughs> I don't know if any of you, if any of the rest of you are familiar, down on the corner of King and West in Alexandria, that was where Been I there. met Mr. Parker. That was <laughs> that was my spot. I was there every <laughs> night. I was stationed at Fort Belvoir. As soon as I got off work and that place opened, I was up there. So, so what have so, you guys been up to? Somebody else jump Who's in. Who's next? There. Vicky, you're next on my screen. What do you say? Oh, well, I had a baby uh, at 40. Now she's 10, and I know how old I am, and <laughs> at least for another month. And uh, we moved to Italy, and then I just came back. I really hadn't done anything in acting um, except for with kids' stuff, like to try and do some performances for theater. And now we're moving again, and I'm moving to France, so for a couple of years, but I'll come back for a sequel. <laughs> oh, when are you moving to France? Uh, this summer. This summer. Oh, wow. Fun. I know. So come visit. With Joy Job. With Joy Job. For Job. Yep. Yeah. For job. Okay. Wow. Wow. Bien Is Joy Jenny being retired? Uh, what'd you say, Jim? Is Joy Jenny we're close to being retired? Yep. Yeah. He will be, but not now. Yeah, I mean he's got a twenty year retirement, I imagine, right? Is yep. It? Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm just wondering. That's it. I'm boring. Bit Jenna and Bridget and D are more exciting <laughs> no no um my acting I, I really as far as film goes that was not really my thing and I kind of like found myself in it a bit um musical theater I was a voice major in college a, um, a trained soprano that and musical theater was really where my love was um I'd say after boxing day I'd done a, a handful of shows um the last musical I did was Evil Dead the musical when I got to play two different characters and it was very sticky and it was outside it was amazing um and I kind of unofficially retired because um and when we were shooting Boxing Day I was actually dating one of the other members of 10 Sundays Productions one of the producers and we got married in 2009 and had our beautiful baby girl who you may have seen earlier both of them, <laughs> in, <laughs> in uh, 2014 and, 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 say, uh, and saying, uh, saying your daughter is beautiful is an understatement. <laughs> she's she's a wonderful cutie pie, and she has the big heart, and she seems to have a flair for the dramatic. Gosh, I wonder where she Weird. gets it from. She could be part of the sequel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, she could. Yeah, yeah. All your kids. You bring the kids with you. They could be part of the sequel. Beverly could have had a kid, right? I, just, I was yeah. just getting ready to say, I can, see Be I can see Beverly jumping on that. She says, Ooh, the family genes are strong. This Hello, is I want to say hi. <laughs> Jenna, what have you been up to? Tell us. Um, I moved out to LA, I think almost four years ago, um, to pursue uh, screenwriting, to be the, you know, give it the old college go. Yeah. Um, so mostly I write features, um, youth features, uh, you know, for teens and um, young adults. And yeah, I'm like properly struggling doing that and it's great <laughs> you know i first moved out here um and just trying to get better and you know be good enough and now i'm um finally at the point where i'm like doing pitches and stuff 
<gasps> really cool companies um, and, you know, getting passed. Um, that's exciting. That's, yeah, it is, isn't it? Yes. Um, yeah. I give you a lot of credit for uh, pursuing a dream because, as you know, you know better than any of us, uh, it's a very, very different field. But uh, a lot of a lot of, a lot of kudos for uh, for pursuing the dream. Yeah, it's great. Um, and the move out here was really good. Um, and I think it just uh, being out here, you see that it's an attainable goal. You know, you drive by the lots or you work on the lot, and you're like, oh, people actually like play in this space mm -hmm. and you know you get invited for a day or two to play in the space and it's like okay so it doesn't feel so hype dreamy you know oh mm -hmm. well mr parker <laughs> yeah so uh so yeah so after the movie um like you said i you know film was my entertainment has been my thing since i was a, a kid um and so I did several more films uh, after that, uh, pretty much up until, well, actually it, in 2008, I was um, actually looking to do what Jenna did is, is move out to LA. I told one of my, uh, my female best friend, I told her that I think film and acting was gonna be my wife and whoever I met, you know, female-wise, dating-wise, was gonna end up being my mistress. And that's where I was. And she was like, no, don't do that. You're a nice guy. You know, give, give, you know, relationships another chance. And then probably a couple months after that, I actually met uh, my now wife. Um, and so I actually kind of did the opposite where I pretty much, I did a couple more films uh, while we were together. And then uh, we decided to move and we moved to Colorado. And so, and I did think I'd probably do some film out here. Uh, honestly, the film market is not the same um, here as it was on the East Coast and or in Cali. And so, uh, yeah, so I haven't done a film since 2010, 2011. I think it was my last film. Um, but I got to stay creative. So now I have a band. Um, so Reverb and Reverse, I'm still doing something creative and Unfortunately, with the whole COVID thing, we haven't been able to do anything. But our last music project was called Resonate, and we lit, we uh, released that last year. And if you have it, if, if you my did, baby, my baby, my baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'm gonna do a remix to that one, but no, not yet. Absolutely, <laughs> another remix. Yeah, if you haven't checked it out, by the way, gang, it's really good too. So you know, I I try and. <laughs> He and like I said, we go way back, so we we swap stuff back and forth like comedy fever. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, what was that for? So it was it was actually for. So I wrote. So Anthony is alluding to a song that I had him help me put together for a sitcom that I was on a TV comedy sitcom called Comedy Fever, and they actually asked me to write the uh, theme song for the show. Um, and so I went to Anthony, I was like, Hey, I need you to help me write this. Like I had the idea and help me record it. And so, um, yeah, it was cheesy, like a theme. Like a <laughs> <laughs> that is an understatement. <laughs> It'll you know, keep you laughing. <laughs> uh, Here's a question to you, Anthony. Sir? Why do you like the film so much? 
I love. I yeah, think yeah, it's I like an, that. good dude, question, you know? I think it is. Yeah. An, well, number one, like I said, it spoke to me on a personal level. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not date anyone skin color exclusively. I've, I've been married more than once. My first wife was black. Uh, my current wife is white, and yeah. I, I had a couple more marriages in the middle. Uh, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> um, we will talk about that. So I I don't date any particular skin color exclusively, but my wife and I, uh, specifically at the time that we were dating, now our group of friends was phenomenal, but, you know, I am a black man who grew up in the South. And I mean, the South, the South, South, we pronounce the South, S-O-U-P-H, South. That's how far South we are. And the, here's my wife who grew up in a, you know, predominantly white rural area. And we come together and some of the same concerns that, you know, that Daryl and Emmy had, or more so that Emmy had, because Daryl didn't seem too concerned before he met the family. Uh, <laughs> before. Uh, you know, that, what is it? Oh, my God, I'm so sick and tired of trying to deal with you crazy white people. That was a classic line. Um, so it spoke to me on a personal level. And then on top of that, I just thought it was a phenomenal film. I thought, I, I honestly, to this day, and the movie was released in what, 08, 09? 08. It was released in 08. Here we are. Uh, I can't do math. 13 years later. And I still think it is a phenomenal film to the point where I dig it out every year and watch it. And the, the chemistry that you all have, the dialogue, the improv, I'm, I'm very into being entertained, especially if it's something funny. And it this is the kind of movie, it's just like every time you watch Coming to America, and the barber goes, oh, there they go, there they go. Every time they get to talk about boxing, white man got to pull Rocky Marciano out their ass. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's, I'm going to get off of that because I'll quote the whole movie. But it's got, it's, it's a quotable movie, and there are scenes that every time, I don't care if it's the first time or the 50th time I've seen it, I will laugh my ass off like it's the first time I've, like it's the first time I've heard it. From, and each and every one of you have your own individual, like no one person is the star per se of the movie. Each of you tickled me immensely uh, with your performances. And that's going to bring me to something I'm going to bring up in just a bit. But that is why I love that movie. And I, yeah. that's why I wanted to do this today because I wanted to introduce this movie to a whole new group of people. And I'm telling you folks, where that's the next question is the movie still, I thought I saw DVDs available on Amazon. So, yeah. So I think the, um, I think the DVDs that are on Amazon are uh, folks that, that, you know, they're selling them on Amazon. There's, like, some of those merchants that bought, like, a bunch of copies. Um, but when we released it, unfortunately, uh, we could not get a distribution deal because we, what we learned, right? So filming is, <laughs> in independent movies, you learn some some things. And so we, uh, there's a couple things. One, we use the, you can use the F word in a movie as long as it's not in a sexual context. And I think we use it in a sexual context a few times <laughs> in the movie, uh, which then puts it into a different rating level. And as an independent movie, it is hard to get uh, that NC-17. And then we also, in that in that pot scene that we have, um, we actually have, is that Barry Manilow that's in the background? <laughs> Who's in the background in that movie? Yeah, yeah it's a cardboard cutout of Barry Manilow from a record store. Uh-huh. Yes, and that's another thing that you can't. We would have to get permission to have his image in the movie, mm-hmm. uh, which we didn't know. Right? We didn't even think about that. 
And I remember we, we even talked about having that cut out and we're like, no, let's move it. Like, no, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to have them. <laughs> it's pretty uh, cool. However, you can watch it in full on YouTube. Yes. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. And yes, boxingday.com, right? <laughs> yeah, and boxingday.com. So that's what we did. We decided, you know what? That's fine. We did the movie because we felt really good about the project, which is why we all donated our time and our energy uh, and our talent to it. We really believed in the project and we wanted folks oh. to see it. So we put we put it out for free, like so people can go see it. So you, you heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. It is on boxingday.com and uh, it's on I'm, I'm gonna send I'm just gonna send everybody to boxingday.com to get some clicks on the website. Go visit <laughs> boxingday.com and watch this movie. You can watch it for absolutely free. I think it runs a little under an hour and a half. Is that right? About 90 minutes or something? Uh oh. About 90 minutes. We lost somebody. Oh, we lost Jenna. We lost, we lost Jenna. Okay. She, hopefully she'll come back. I told her, you know, she can come back in. At any rate, uh, you can check it out for absolutely free. It is a hilarious movie. It's an absolutely hilarious movie. A couple more questions I want to ask you. I know I said I was going to try and not keep you for longer than uh, she said she had to go uh, or the connection yep. went sour or something. But at any rate, um, I wanted to ask about the Boxing Day song. Who wrote that? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Wow. Oh. I hadn't thought about that in forever. Okay. Yeah. So at the time, <laughs> I was, I had a lot of connections to like indie music artists. And I think at the time I thought it would be really cool if like we could like pull together a soundtrack for the movie of like independent music artists music and like it could be sort of like a cross promotion kind of thing and honestly off the top of my head and I feel really bad for not remembering this the 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 person that actually did that song and I can't remember how I actually was in contact with him but I think he did a lot of like children's music and things like that versus a lot of the indie singer songwriter stuff that I was more connected to and he liked the idea of it and he wrote that song as an original song for the movie and coming from a background of a little bit more of like a children's song kind of background it has a certain sound to it <laughs> and it wasn't necessarily what i was thinking of for like the entire picture of this kind of soundtrack thing but I guess it worked and we used it and it was it was perfect. I mean I remember when, when I remember when you and, and Francis brought it in and you're like, hey guys, we got this song that this guy sent us and like you played it and you're like, what do you think? And we were like, it's awesome. <laughs> and then and then Jim playing and singing it. Exactly. Oh my gosh, priceless, right? Is that the best? It was so awesome. <laughs> and the, look, the look on everyone's faces while he's playing and singing. I it was real. Real. We're <laughs> <laughs> oh oh oh, all like, oh no. no. Yes. Are we getting a live rendition? Yes. <laughs> it's Boxing Day. It's Boxing Day. <laughs> <laughs> That's all he remembers. <laughs> Oh, God. It just oh, added, a, I think, a new dimension to the movie, too. It was just, it came out of the blue. You know, Martin, you know, uses music to heal, you know, the healing power of music. And it was just a, 
It's another element that Francis came up with, or the team came up with. That's uh, when Danny made out with the coconut head, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh my God, that's right. That's coconut right. monkey. Coconut monkey. Coconut monkey. Coconut monkey. Right. Right. Oh my gosh. But you know, um, Anthony, you, you touched upon something that I think is really, really true. It, it bears repeating. It's it's such a great ensemble film. There's no one person that has more. Francis did such a masterful job with the script. Um, it's a really well balanced film. Everybody gets their chance to shine, um, and the interaction between so many of the, the different characters. You know, so yeah, I mean, it's really a great calling card. You know, when he it is. That, he it is. And I, kind of thing. It's like, I, you know, this was a great calling card. The thing, the thing for me was, I was like, I'm watching this movie, and uh, you know, we found out about it through Demetrius, our circle of friends, and we had uh, at that time I had another podcast that was going, and we were pushing this, like, you guys have got to check out Boxing Day, you guys have got to check out Boxing Day. So all of the people in our circle, and I just, I guess, assumed that it was doing, you know, I well, I, a, I didn't know you all hadn't gotten paid, but you know that that <laughs> that's neither here nor there. But I just wanted to get the film because you know sometimes if you have an indie film that does well enough, somebody will be like, hey, that bear's looking at. Let's go talk to these people and see what we can work out. Work out. Uh, but it was just you're right. It was an absolutely incredible movie. I feel bad because Jenna was apparently patiently waiting to tell her favorite moment in filming the movie. She said her favorite moment scene to film was the Mr. Hong scene. Oh and, yeah. And she said Francis told her to go to 11 in that scene where she gives that really crazy laugh, Hot I think. <laughs> like she was having a seizure. And, and it was, I, God, I, <laughs> it cracks me up every time. I, it, like I told you, this movie, it never stops being funny. If I live to be 100 and DVDs are still the thing, you can still, DVD players are still around, you can, I will watch that movie every year on December 26th, and hopefully you all are around for me to give you all a happy Boxing Day message. Um, the other... Th Go ahead. Yeah, uh, just really quickly, I just want to shout out Mark uh, Mark Patterson's uh, chat where he says, I love the tagline, a, pol a politically incorrect film about being politically correct. Right. <laughs> nailed it. That's all I have to say about yes. that is he nailed that. He nailed that. Now, the other thing I want to ask about, because we talked about improv lines, Okay, we gone. We pretty much gone through the whole film. Um, there was a line that uh, there was a line in the, in the movie, and I put it in the trailer, and you all probably know which one I'm getting ready to get to. It's right at the end of the movie, <laughs> and I have known Demetrius for. I keep saying that, like, okay, Anthony, we get it. You've known Face a long time. Stop talking about it. But he has been saying mad blessings since I have known him. Text communication, email communication written uh, Christmas cards, you name it, posts on social media. Did Was that something that you, you guys got together and said you were going to do, or did he just, again, just throw that out at you out of nowhere? Yeah, and he stole it, is what he did. He stole it. <laughs> <laughs> right out from under Demetrius, and then he, did he copyright it too? So, <laughs> not here. And he's, he's not, not here. here to defend himself. Yeah. yeah. So, apologies you, Demetrius. <laughs> I because I you know and I'm a I'm I'm a I'm a uh, I won't say I'm a film buff but I'm I'm the guy that when I get a DVD I will look and see what all the extra features are, so I actually the second time I watched the movie I watched it with the audio from the premiere, and swear and like everybody in the studio everybody there lost their shit when 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 he says 
Mad blessings. Everybody, and I could tell because everybody knows that's your thing. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I sincerely, folks, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. This is before I could talk to you about this movie for hours. I know you all have stuff to do, and I actually, oddly enough, have another podcast scheduled to record right after I finish this one up today. Busy day, but I want to thank you very for, for me. From Bridget told me uh, when I talked to her about this that I was quite possibly the number one fan of the movie. I want to oh, thank Oh, no question. You hold that trophy, my friend. You hold that trophy. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait a minute. You sound like a stalker fan. Like, hey, I ate celery today. No, it's a good thing. But uh, I, I absolutely love this film, and I am not kidding you when I tell you I have been having a serious fanboy moment for the last hour and 12 minutes because I can see how long we've been on I'm actually sitting here talking with people that, that were that were featured in a film that is one of my all-time favorites. I, I told I told Face that the equivalent to that on the music end would be like if I got to sing on stage with Boys to Men, I, I just completely, you know. So no, y'all laugh, y'all laugh. That that yeah. there, is, there, there there actually is some history behind the whole Boys to Men thing. That same karaoke bar that I mentioned. Uh, Mr. Parker and his friend that pulled his and our mutual friend that pulled the real gun on him in the dinner theater. We all <laughs> frequented the same bar together, but I hadn't met them yet. I am a huge Boys to Men fan. At that time, karaoke had not gone digital. It was only what you could get on CD. The only two songs they had in their book were Water Runs Dry and End of the Road. Um, and so... I used to get to the bar and they were already there singing in the road. So I'm well, crap, I'll sing it again the next time. So the, as luck would have it, I got in the bar that night. They weren't there. The host said they hadn't been in yet because they used to they used to do what I call a celebrity pop-ins. Like they would they would make the tour. They'd hit Rocket Grill and sing a song and leave and go someplace else and sing a song. And because the both of them were these celebrities, the DJ would kind of get them to the top of the list real quick so they could get out. And so. I said, they hadn't said it. I said, like, cool. I said, like, all right, uh, uh, take it down six keys because I don't have that range. Any of you can, I, my voice is not up to take it down six keys. I'm, I'm going to blow this out of the water. I start singing. I'm about halfway through the second verse. I'm, I'm, no, I'm at the point where the bass is the girl. You left me and all that. I was at that point <laughs> and I was surveying the crowd. You know, I'm, I'm single at that point, so I'm surveying the crowd to see who's swooning. And I, as I pan the crowd, I see Mr. Parker. And his friends standing there with their arms folded, just looking at me like. Because <laughs> I had the audacity. They were like, who is this fool got the audacity to be singing our song? But after it was after all was said and done, they sang another couple other pieces. And after a while, we we started hanging out. We've done we've done music together. We've done shows together. So that whole that boys to men reference that I made is a real thing between me and Mr. Parker. Yeah. We act, actually, we wound up doing a charity show about 11 years ago, and we all sang Into the Road together. Yeah. So, anyhow. Hey, hey Anthony, Jenna, Jenna's trying to log back in, but it says you need to let her in. Oh, is she? I'm sorry. Is she sitting in the room? My bad. Yeah. My bad, yo. I didn't know you was robbing the store, Jenna. Hang on. I'm coming. I'm coming. There she is. I see you. Hey, I'm sorry. I'm oh, so you're sorry. fine. I was just Don't... listening. Normally, what happens, normally the thing will give me a, a notification. It'll say in my ear, Jenna just joined. I didn't get that. Or maybe I was talking. Once again, Jenna left out, just like the movie. <laughs> I did. I did. Was a little different. I did tell. 
I did tell them about your favorite part being oh, Mr. Okay. Hawk. Say, but please, I want I want your I want to get your perspective. Can you matter of fact, just for the people, for the for the people one more time, can you give them the Mr. Hong laugh, please? Oh, uh, how was it? I have to hear Francis's voice. Take it to eleven. Take it to eleven. <laughs> You're already out of eleven. <laughs> no, you got it. That wasn't eleven. That wasn't eleven. I that, was like, that was like a five and a half. I need Bridget's face right here. <laughs> Is that better? It does help. And again, another one of those moments when I think Bridget almost completely lost it because she I, I just turned around and right in the wall and then back and then and seeing I'm back. Probably. But I I do if uh, do any of you well I guess I guess you since you all aren't really doing it do you have you want to put out uh, put your put your links out where people can find your other work your non-smokers and the other movies that you've done so so yeah so six non-smokers is on Tubi right now so if you have Tubi T U B I you can watch six non-smokers Boxing Day you can watch on YouTube and at boxingday.com. Um, yeah, and then yeah, when you're on Tubi, you'll see some other movies that uh, I've been uh, blessed enough to be a part of. Um, I, I do, I do want to share again what everyone else said is just the ensemble. It was great working with each of you in this movie, um, and the fact that none of us came in with that with ego, and so all of us were able to shine in the way that we portrayed our characters, and it was that. The well balance of the writing, um, like I said, the lack of ego and the passion that we all had for making the film just made it a joy and still one of my, you know, no offense to any of the other films that I've been in, but still one of my favorite films to talk about. Um, and, you know, and I got paid for some of the other ones. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it's still, yeah, still one of my favorite films. So thank you all for those memories and for those moments because it's they're always going to be treasured and we have them on film agreed yeah. Amen. Very, very well very well said d yeah very well said i would echo that absolutely just one of the most fun experiences in my life um you know great group of people no one you know no expectations very little rehearsal you know just kind of you know a little bit before the film before the camera rolls um it was just you know it was felt like a family actually each weekend i mean it was you know it was just a great, great experience. And uh, also, I want to give a little shout out to my lovely, smarter other half, Bernadette, who uh, oh, yes. helped cater. I'm going to test that. Way smarter. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. She was a real trooper to, you know, have the whole cast and cameras and the gear and, you know, the dark windows and stuff like that and put up with all the nonsense and craziness. And, uh, She's also the dog wrangler too, because we had three little dogs that uh, that Francis put at the trail at the end of the movie. You see the dogs barking and running down the hallway. Um, so she was the dog wrangler to keep the dogs quiet. So um, a little anyway, little thanks to Bernie for uh, for putting up with all the craziness and being a good team player. Absolutely. Yeah. I hope uh, I hope Francis does it again. I do. And uh, you know, Anthony, it'd be great to you know. I don't know if there's an audience for a second for a sequel or whatever, but uh, I would love for Danny and Francis to be part of this sometime too, you know, just to hear their input. Oh, I absolutely. Cause I mean, you can't, you can't have another boxing day without Ricky. You can't do it. 
No, because the sequel has got to be the one where he reveals what it is about the Pyronesium that it is that he, <laughs> you know what I mean? And we had to find out what happened when you guys went down to Rancho, what was it, Rancho Padre, Rancho Pedre? <laughs> Yeah, something like that. <laughs> like, like, where are they now? Actually, that, well, okay, I'm not going to campaign. There's a lot of possibilities for little spinoffs. Spin oh, yeah. They're like a little Arrested Development thing where you have, like, yes. so each person's story kind of popping up. Arrested Development, uh, what's the other, like a modern family type deal where everybody gets their little two seconds on the couch to talk about the, yeah. So I do, again, I want to thank you all so much. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you for joining us today for this very, very, very special edition of Indian Unsigned today. I had cast the box. Thank you guys so much. Um, I, I thought I said I was going to talk to you about something after we went off, but if you've got to go, I completely understand. But thank you so much for joining us. Folks, I hope you enjoyed this. You can see the replay for the next couple of days on the Indian Unsigned page at face on Facebook.com. You can also see the full replay on YouTube.com. We're gonna pull it down and put some recaps up. Uh, you know, I'm gonna leave this whole thing up because this is this is there's too much of this to chop up. There's too many good stories. So you can see this show in entirety on the Facebook page, Indian Unsigned, and YouTube.com. I that's what I was gonna tell you. I will get with you all if you give me two minutes after we go off air. So thank you so much for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. This has been a wonderful edition of Indian Unsigned. I can't say my own show type. Somebody order a pizza. Um, thank you for joining us on today's edition of Indian Unsigned. I am Mr. Fingers, the man karaoke DJ signing off, and I'll get at you later. Take care, Mark. Maybe you're sad. Maybe you're scared, maybe you're sad and blue, but it's Boxing Day, it's Boxing Day, all the world through. It's Boxing Day, it's Boxing Day, the moon lights up the sky, it's Boxing Day, it's Boxing Day, all the world's a sky.